0: On tape with a snap for this Thursday, April 20th, 2023. We're hot off the presses, hot off the presses, and fire, and fire. We've got a little bit of info on the Jets-Packers-Aaron Rodgers trade and the disaster that this has become. So, straight from the New York Post in Brian Costello, it seems that the hitch is kind of what we all knew. At least it was talked about, thrown out there in the Twitter sphere. And that would be that the Packers want a 2024 first round pick. That's what they want. For one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. The only problem is the guy's 38 going on 40. How do you go 38 going on 40? Might be 39. He's gonna be 40. That's how old he's gonna be this season. I thought he was 38. I'm wrong. 39 going on 40. May not even play next year. The Packers don't give a shit. They want what's coming to them. And they've got a commodity that is desired by the Jets. And they said, you know what? He is worth what you are willing to pay. And we are going to really make you think that you are willing to pay a first-round pick. Unfortunately, ultimately, the Jets are probably not going to accommodate that request because why would you? This guy could be out the fucking door next year. How much longer is he going to play past 40? Now, knowing Aaron Rodgers, he could do a Brady and try to give you five years. But each offseason is going to be, I don't know, I want to come back. Ah, you know, my fucking bottom hurts. And. You know, I'm a little uh, all jammed up in my crotch area, and I'm not quite so sure right now if I want to come back next year. And then the next year, he comes back and he plays, and then after that, he's like, ah, you know what? I woke up on the wrong side of the fucking bed, and I'm a little cranky, I didn't get my fucking coffee, I think I'm going to retire. Okay, let's do this again. And it's become so fucking exhausting because this is the second Packers quarterback that has done this. Second one right in a row and with the Jets, which is actually pretty funny, is that first it was Brett Favre, and then Brett Favre came here, was rocking and rolling until he tore his, tore his bicep, and then he got his wish. He was out the door, pew, and he went to Minnesota, which is where he wanted to go so that he could turn around and go up against Green Bay. And so then he did that, and then they had that phenomenal year. He threw that, was it that year? That was the year, uh, was that the one where he threw the terrible interception and the play-by-play guy from Minnesota was like, why do you even consider passing at that point? I used to have that as a sound drop because I thought it was great, but I think I've since got rid of it. But um, yeah, and so, and then I think that was in the playoffs and then the year after that, I think they just tanked. I can't even remember. But anyway, now we get to replay. Play that whole thing with the Jets here and Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And so the question would become does Aaron Rodgers want to go there to then go somewhere else? Probably not. I mean, he's super fucking old. Farve only had a couple of years left anyway, but uh, I. I'd have to go back, but I think that Rodgers is actually older than Favre was at the time. But regardless, it turns out right now that the sticking point is the 2024 draft pick, which, again, the Packers want to be a first-rounder, and the Jets are saying, What? Are you fucking kidding me? We're not going to do that shit, so get the fuck out of here. Anyway, we all kind of knew it, but out of the uh, internet's... And NewYorkPost.com comes that update. So, the first story uh, that I was going to talk about before that just blew up my phone uh, was the Tua Tonga Viola. Uh, because yesterday I was going to do this. This is a story that actually came out yesterday. Uh, I went to go do the story. I actually did the broken remote with the great Will the Thrill, where we talked about that horrific Mandalorian fucking finale, which was just a disaster, as was the entire season three. So, uh, and then it just got to be late, and I never ended up doing it. So, uh, I held on to it, and so I wanted to touch on it now, because this story, to me, is just as nuts as the fucking Packers trying to get a first-round draft pick for a 40-year-old who could retire in a year, uh, you know, and and definitely could retire in a year, definitely probably in two. But that is that Tua Tonga here is, you know, fucking all-in on playing again in the NFL. Not only all-in, because we kind of knew that, but the shit that is coming out of his mouth would make you think that the guy was brought into a closet and brainwashed. Since December 25th, which is the last time that he's spoke publicly. Uh, So, here's the deal. First news conference since the concussion on on December 25th. Tua comes out today, or yesterday it was, and says that he's good to go, all in. Briefly mulled walking away from football, which you should because you had... Three concussions. You had the first one where you ended up playing the rest of the game. The next one, the v- very next game, where you were convulsing on the field, right? I forgot what they call it, but there is a terminology for the seizures he was having, having on the field. Uh, I used to remember what it was, but it doesn't matter. It's when your hands are basically, you know, they're like a reflective muscular action, but it has nothing to do with you. It's just your brain is doing it because it just shut off and fucking the electrical system is all over the place. So anyway, that was the second one. And then the third one knocked him out of the playoff game, the one where they ended up losing uh, to the Buffalo Bills. So anyway, he comes out and this is what he says. Uh, I Now, I, I probably should have went to see if there was some audio to it, but I'll just read it. And he says, I considered it for a time, talking about retirement, having sat down with my family, having sat down with my wife, and having those kinds of conversations. But it would be really hard for me to walk away from the game with how old I am and with my son. I, what? What? <laughs> It should be the number one reason that you retire from football is because you are concerned about your health and you have a son you have to take care of. I understand what he's talking about in regard to the amount of income he could generate by playing professional football, but what good is it going to do if he's, you know, is battling CTE in his, you know, early thirties or late thirties or early forties? I mean, God, I mean, he's twenty-something he's now, and while that could be fifteen to twenty years away, it goes by. Like that. So anyway, that would have been the first thing that would have made me retire would have been uh, the fact that I have a son. But anyway, back to his quotes. I always dreamed of playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what he was watching. Uh, Oh, I guess because he's saying his son is, is too young to understand what he's watching and that he's watching his dad. It's my health. It's my body. And I feel like it is what's best for me and my family. You are a stupid asshole. That's exactly what he is! Now, granted, shame on me, should this have been like a broken finger and I was trying to make a big, gigantic mountain out of a molehill. But it's not. The guy had multiple concussions in the same year. Not only the same year, but two of them back to back. I mean... it, it it's not as though it happened, it was four years, you got another one. I mean, it was three concussions in a single season. And whatever you want to believe, it's up to you. I'm not a scientist, and I don't think there's been any studies by this, but I remember listening to professional athletes speak about how you get one concussion, and then you kind of get another one, and then you get another one, and another one. And I distinctly remember Chuck Liddell, Iceman, when he had a fucking iron jaw, right? Was an beast, animal. And then once he got a concussion, the concussion started coming around. It was one. Then it was two. Then it was three. And then I remember that last pay-per-view where he came back after I think he sat out for quite a while. And it might have been on the same card as Brock Lesnar. I'm not quite sure. I remember watching it uh, at a bar here locally in Ramsey, New Jersey. And Liddell went in there, and then it was game over. <laughs> Fucking knockout, turn out the lights. And that was the end of his career. And then he just walked away. And from everything that you read, here, you know, want to believe, that tends to be the process for concussions suffered by the human brain is that they don't just go away. They kind of compound. It's kind of the whole idea of CTE, right? Repeated hits to the head. And the more concussions you get, the more susceptible you are to more. Uh, Anyway, that was always my understanding of it, right? Here, Toa doesn't believe so. So this is what's best for him, his family etc. So he missed five total games last year with these concussions. So it wasn't like he missed the game. He missed five, right? Because he somehow survived the first one, even though they should have pulled him. And then the next game, he was out cold on public TV and everybody lost their mind because it was a, a horrific video to go along uh, with the game, right? It was a lot of Bad shit happened last year in the NFL. So you have that incident playing out on national television, and then you have the Hamlin incident playing out on Monday Night Football late in the game, which, like I said, ended up being the championship week for most fantasy football. So everybody was, like, glued to that game. Just a lot of bad stuff that happened really publicly last year in the NFL. But anyway, so how would one try to combat getting concussions well, here it is. He's practicing with a jiu-jitsu coach. And the point of practicing with the jujitsu jitsu coach is to try to teach himself how to fall. What? <laughs> how to fall? You don't control how you fall, champ. It's football. Players are trying to knock your head off. You didn't slam your head onto the turf backwards because you wanted to. That's not how it works. If a player comes up and smashes you full head of steam on your blind side, you can't do anything about that. So here, this justification for playing is predicated on him learning how to fall as though football players have control of their bodies at all times. It doesn't work that way. Sure, practicing with a jiu-jitsu coach could help you in certain scenarios when you place your body in a certain position, making it susceptible to hitting your head on the turf. But, dude, that's like one in how many instances, right? Come on. Come on. Let's be real here. And who the hell is believing any of this? Who Who, who is listening to this and being like, "Ah, hey, you know what, he's got a point. He's got a real good point right there. I I I'm I'm all on board with this. Nobody, nobody should. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to even read it and hear this. Right? So let's jump now to the Dolphins General Manager, Chris Greer. I can't believe this guy still has a job, but he kinda like turned everything around, you know. Anyway, so he goes on and says that they consulted with long-term health experts neurologists, specialists. And the experts don't believe that he's at any greater risk of sustaining a concussion after his injuries last season. That's... I mean, can you believe that That said? I mean, that's what Greer had said. And that was actually in the past. So that's not news. That's not new at all. He said that previously. So... The, I mean, the Dolphins obviously believe it they just gave him his fifth-year extension. Now, whether or not they sign him for the fifth year because they're just like, hey, look, you know, if this thing goes south, we'll give him the fifth year and we'll guarantee it now. And we'll just see how the year plays out. Because I couldn't figure that out for the life of me, right? I wouldn't have signed the fifth year because I would want him to go out there and see what we're getting. Maybe they did it out of pity, right? Like... Maybe it was a, a pity contract where it's like you know what we don't know if he's going to go through it. Let's guarantee that fifth year. We'll bring him in, and if he doesn't make it out of the season, at least he's got that fifth year. You know, maybe that's how the whole thing go went. Who knows? But anyway, Greer said that previously, and so here's what Tua says just yesterday. "Quote: They told me that the CTE wasn't going to be a problem. What?" It's only when you're constantly hitting your head against something. So I think that tailors more toward linebackers and linemen. What? <laughs> Again! <laughs> Guys that are constantly going at it. That's how he justified it. That also played a factor in my decision making and wanting to come back and play. I'll just reread it for you. It's only when you're constantly hitting your head against something. So I think that tailors more toward linebackers and linemen. Guys that are constantly going at it. And that also played a factor in me coming back to play. I mean, it is ridiculous. And everything about this story stinks. If you wanted to go about it anyway, I would have advised this. Just be honest about the whole thing. And say, hey... I don't know what the future holds for me. Obviously, having three concussions is something significant and something that should be acknowledged and nothing to toy around with. However, I have put a lot of stock into my football career. I have built a family and I have tried to plan for the future around revenue and income that I foresee coming out of this game. And I have to give it one more shot because I'm willing to accept the unknown and take on the risk of possibly battling future brain injuries, including CTE at any given point. But I've thought about that, and I'm comfortable with it because I want to risk my health for the chance that experts don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> that's that's the honest truth. That's what it is. That's what it is. You're doubting every expert and everything that has been written about brain injury and CTE if you come back and play and offer these kind of excuses. It's just baffling to me. Uh, and it's a shame. But I hope the best for him. I hope the best for his wife, his son, um, I hope he can make it out the next couple of years, not suffer a brain injury, make a little bit more money. Uh, maybe he makes a little bit more money, doesn't have an injury, and then he just walks away on his own. Uh, the worst-case scenario here would be for him to suffer additional uh, concussions, that, which would most likely automatically knock him out because I can't see him getting another concussion at some point this year, and then uh, the Dolphins bringing him back. Uh, for the fifth year, or him going anywhere else and, and getting... I, I just... I can't see anybody getting on board with that. And there's got to be a lot of question right now to l- this, right? There's got to be a lot of people questioning this. Although, again, it's just one year, a couple of concussions, probably willing to throw the, the dice, I guess. But, I mean, not for me. Um, Anyway, so that was him last night. And then two other stories hit... We'll stay on the injury field because this one is pretty interesting. But the NFLPA came out and said that new injury data shows that grass is significantly safer than turf. So we all knew this because when you watch football and you watch practices and you read Twitter and you read the headlines and you hear everything that happens as soon as training camps start especially fucking people that are forced to do fantasy football drafts and invest their money uh, before the, the season even starts, right? You know, week one of the—we're going to do our draft week one of the preseason. No, no don't, don't do it. Don't fucking do me like that. Come on. Come on, baby. Let's, let's push that off until after the final game. Um, is that y- you just see injuries left and right. And most of the time, you see, like, a knee pop, Achilles pop— They're always the same thing. They're always on turf. They're always on turf. And the the fact that you don't believe that to be true, I don't need data to understand that. Not at all. I, I can see it with my eyes, and I fully understand it just by watching football as long as I have. And you, you're probably in the same boat there. We've seen it. We see it happen. Turf has less give. You see less injuries. The NFL, because they have so much invested in turf, and it limits their uh, their upkeep to the umpteenth degree and allows them to do all different things with these stadiums should they not have to have turf. Uh, I push back against it. And I guess if you read the stories that came out today, there was a downtick in injuries last year or two years ago in 2021. So the NFL turned around and, and with that downtick said, Hey, look. It's right there. It's in the fucking numbers. It's in the numbers. There's no difference between grass and turf. The answer is not converting the entire NFL to grass fields. And the NFLPA was like, whoa, fucking hold on. Because if you go back the years prior, that's not the case. And then last year, the numbers came back replicating what happened before that 2021 season and said, hey, look, that's exactly what we were talking about. 2021 was the outlier, and so go back to the other ones, and you can see the differentiation between grass injuries and turf injuries. And you want to get down to the nitty-gritty, and they did it per hundred, I, I don't know, per hundred, was whatever the quantification was, right? And so then last year, grass injuries were 0.035, Turf injuries were 0.048. So you're looking at 0.048 versus 0.035 with grass having the lesser of the two numbers, right? So there's an obvious difference. Now, I, I don't know whatever the ratio was. I'd have to look in here. But, I you know, injuries per amount of plays or whatever the hell it is. There is a statistical difference between the two fields, right? And I just don't understand. Look, you can't do grass in a stadium, understood, because it, it's just it, it's very difficult to do. I don't even know if, if you could do it with all the technology that's come out. I mean, I remember the Giants trying to pull off the square sections of field all put together so that they could try to have natural grass at Giant Stadium, and it did not work out well. I And I am not... Educated enough currently to know if any other teams, I think like Arizona, they grow grass in outside the stadium and wheel it in. Um, obviously a different climate, however, in Arizona. Um, but anyway, I'm not educated enough to go into all the new technology there is. But I think that an acceptable approach would just to be to convert any outside field to grass and leave the fully domed stadiums as turf. I mean, I, I don't understand what the issue with that would be outside of, you know, these stadiums not wanting to put the effort into the grass itself, plus you know, anything else that happened. You know, stadiums get used all year round when the weather's good enough. So you got a grass stadium. I'm sure there's all kinds of, uh, you know, um, processes that have to go into place in order to take care of that field. It's pretty common knowledge, right? You know, we I'm not uh, Einstein here by any Leaps or bounds. So, um, but anyway, the articles coming out have all kinds of different statistics as to showing how there is a difference. And, you know, the NFL, because the NFL does what they always do, came out and offered really some kind of like rinky dink response this coming from Jeff Miller, the NFL's executive vice president of communications, public affairs, and policy. That's a long fucking title. Uh, he said, uh, "This is a statement released uh, today." that no simple answers, and here it is. Quote, the NFL and the NFLPA have access to the same inf- injury information, which is collected by independent experts. Independent experts. It's always independent, right? They're experts, but they're independent, so we have no influence on them. Outside of the fact that we hire them and we pay them money and put them in their pocket. I, I mean, that has no influence, does it? Uh, independent experts and shared at the CBA-mandated Joint Field Surface Safety and Performance Committee meetings. Jesus Christ, they come out with really Big words and long titles in the NFL, don't they? Uh, the committee, including NFLPA experts, they're experts, right? So it's like, oh, there's independent experts, but then we even let the NFLPA have their experts. Anyway, believe that simply playing on natural grass is not the answer to this complex challenge. Some artificial turf surfaces have lower injury rate than some grass fields, and some grass fields have a lower injury rate than some artificial surfaces. Our goal is to decrease injuries on all surfaces, of course. Well, that That's the answer. Right? Fucking, uh, of course we know that's what it is. And there's no simple answer. We were committed to the substantial ongoing work with the players and their expert advisors to make the game safe. I mean, come on. Fucking how empty a statement is that? You come out and you just say, yeah, some grass fields are worse than turf. Some turf is worse than grass. But we're concerned with everybody's health, which we don't know bullshit, but... Um, and we're looking to make the game safer. And then, of course, Jerry Jones comes out and he said, our league stats don't see... I can't do... Can I do, Jerry? Uh, let's see. Our league stats don't don't see issues with the top of surface that we have at ATMC Stadium as opposed to natural grass, so we don't see any issues and no facts bear that out. Uh, so that was my uh, Jerry Jones impression, and that was the quote that he said today. But anyway... Um, I. Uh, We all know that turf is worse. I don't need fucking stats to tell me that. And the fact that the NFL is trying to push back about that and say that there's other reasons for injuries outside of just turf is, uh, you know, patently offensive. Is it patently offensive? Nah, it's just a little offensive. So, and then final story uh, for today. uh, Matt Patricia is back. Ah. He came back after he got camp for the Lions. I didn't know he's getting paid for the Lions. So, I was trying to figure out did the did the Patriots fire him because everybody's talking like he's gone, but I didn't know he was fired. And it, I guess from what I read, I think he's been being paid by the Lions as he was working back with the Patriots. They obviously had that disaster season last year where they did the Joe Judge, Matt Patricia co-offensive coordinator garbage. That didn't work. Still, probably the stupidest thing I've ever seen Bill Belichick do was that. And it's amazing that he did it so late in his career. Like, how did you think that was going to work out? It was always going to turn out exactly that way. Anyway, um, so Patricia, I guess he was not working for free, but I guess the Pats weren't fucking paying him, So now he gets picked up and it sounds like I this wasn't really a you know, a well looked into story as it just kinda happened. And so Patricia leaves the Patriots. He's gonna go over to the Eagles because the Eagles are out, both their coordinators. Uh, and it was Stitchin left. I think they might have replaced Stitchin. I should look that up before I was referencing the defensive coordinator position, which they now have filled with Matt Patricia. But anyway, so um, the Eagles defense coordinator out is now the head coach out in Arizona. And then Patricia will come in here. He's going to be... The ESPN story has quotes from Darius Slay. I'm not going to get into that shit. But um, long story is that the... Experiment last year didn't work. They brought in Bill O'Brien. They moved uh, Joe Judge to some other title. And Patricia obviously got shown the door because Belichick's son is the coordinator, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And that has not changed. So, I mean, he's not going to, you know, you know, Give his son the heave ho. So Patricia gets tossed and over to Philadelphia. He goes to try to take over that defense and get them to the promised land where they were just a little short last year, just a little bit, just a little bit. So the uh, the the big fat bearded pencil in his ear guy, Matt Patricia, is back in the NFL, although I guess he never left, right? Because, I mean, he coached last year, so I mean, now I'm just vamping because I've uh, just run out of shit, so anyway, with that we will punch out for this Thursday and then, I don't know, if we'll get to, to tomorrow, like I said, I wanted to redo everything so I could do Sunday night through Thursday night and then punt on Friday, but I missed last night, so maybe I'll do it tomorrow, who the hell knows? If there's a big story, I'll do something, otherwise I'll probably talk to you guys again Sunday night Monday morning, alright? So anyway, for The Broken Helmet, I'm Rich Eggie, and we out! Peace!